Welcome to the Catalyst Life Coaching Podcast with John Kim and Noelle Cordeaux. If you're inspired to begin your own life coaching practice or just want to learn a little bit more about what it's all about, visit journey.co. That's J-R-N-I dot C-O for more information. Your adventure awaits. John and Noel would like to invite you to a live training and Q&A session happening on September 24th, 2019. They'll be discussing career change, the many, many different ways that you can become a coach or use coach training in your current career, and answering your questions about the $4.2 trillion wellness global economy. That's right, trillion dollar. So head over to journey.co slash career to sign up. That's J-R-N-I dot C-O slash career. It's time to get the skills and training you need to make a bigger impact in the world around you. And we'll see you on September 24th. Hey guys, on today's episode, we're going to talk about burnout, the real biological, psychological, and physical impact of burnout and stress. I guess you could say the science behind burnout. And thank God Noel is here because I'm not a science guy Noelle, this is a very uh, important topic. It is. And as I was going through the research, I was struck by how common this is and how serious it is and how many people are subject to it. Yes. And uh, thank God you're here because that's a sentence that I don't think I've ever said in my life as I was going through the research. Oh, we're going to work on that, John. You'll get there. <laughs> um, but I do, I do have personal experience with burnout, so we could talk about that as well. Maybe that's something I could bring to the table. Um, let's talk about burnout. Let's talk about uh, which door do you want to go into? So let's talk about, you know, what burnout is from kind of a, a biological perspective because I think that's – when we're talking about burnout and we're understanding it – a lot of times people default to a mental scenario where they're experiencing stress, they're experiencing um, fatigue, maybe even frenzy. But what burnout is, is a, a chronic state that where the regular stresses that occur in everyday life are just sustained for long periods, over long periods of time, and they impact our whole body. Yeah, I think a lot of people mistake burnout for just the um, mental anxiety or high stress. Yeah, very and much. It, and I feel like burnout is more as in it's like the um, the uh, the uh, death by a thousand paper cuts, the uh, the slow burn, like over time. You're saying, correct? That's exactly what it is. So you know, short-lived feelings of stress are totally normal and regular. It's when those short-lived feelings don't come and go when they stay and become chronic and long lasting that they start to kind of hook in and cause a lot of different problems. How do you know when you are experiencing burnout? Or, or is that what's difficult is you don't know? It creeps up. It, I think it's it's difficult when you don't know. And I I've been going through this for the last couple of years and everyone around me has kind of seen me, you know, I'll be fine. I'll go, 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 go. And then I'll hit a wall and I'll crash. And when I yeah. crash, it's like a serious crash. And then when I was reading this stuff, I was like, holy shit. Like I've been living with these exact chronic stressors for years. What are some of the symptoms of burnout? Um, physically, biologically, mentally, emotionally? Yeah, so the symptoms are just starting with irritability. 
Mm-hmm. You know, you're cranky. Everything bugs you. You're right. tired. Um, you're experiencing headaches. You have difficulty concentrating. Um, you have ruminating thoughts with often show up as kind of rapid and disorganized, focusing on problems, anxieties. You have difficulty sleeping. You have digestive problems. Mm. You have a feeling of helplessness, a perceived loss of control, low self-esteem. It impacts sexual desire, nervousness, frequent infections or illnesses. And now those are the symptoms. And so what all of those things then lead to are some pretty serious health consequences that can include heart disease, high blood pressure, diabetes, a weakened immune system, more entrenched sexual dysfunction, gastrointestinal disorders, skin irritation, respiratory infections, autoimmune diseases, insomnia, depression, anxiety, PTSD, and in very extreme cases, schizophrenia. Wow, that's a lot. Right? <laughs> that's a lot. Yeah, I think uh, it's a lot. Especially in today's culture where there's a lot of um, stuff happening in the startup or business world and social media where people are saying, you know, it's all about getting up at 4 a.m. and grinding. And if, you you know, if you're not working, then someone else is and all that. Uh, with those messages, it's very uh, easy to kind of start to burn out, to, to oh, not practice yeah. self-care. So now here's the crazy part. So I just went through that crazy long list of symptoms and then the crazy long list of health outcomes. Do you want to know what the major potential causes of this junk is? It's three mm. things. Oh, this your is great. Job, right? Your job, finances, and relationships. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I, I was going to say – yeah, I was gonna say your job, but I didn't know also. Yeah, I mean, obviously, of course, relationships and yeah, finances for sure. So all humans have, you know, jobs or they experience pressure, financial yep. difficulties from time to time and challenging relationships. And so I was looking at this and I was like, oh, my God, modern life is set up to kill us all. <laughs> like, Right. I mean, that's a really good point. I um, I mean, everyone listening probably has experienced uh difficulty or burnout in all three of those i know i have yeah me too all day yeah you know when you, were, when you were talking about the symptoms what i was thinking about is uh and just because my brain always simplifies it's basically going from living to existing i mean you basically yeah. uh you, you you know you turn into a kind of a zombie it, I, you know i think when you no longer have the ability to produce joy or find joy in your life even if it's a, if it's a moment um something is wrong Yes. So, you know, and then coming at this from a coaching lens, because this month we're focusing on careers and the workplace and how this all works, you know, one of the things that I've been thinking about a lot is that there really isn't quite separation of work-life balance and that I think it's a big myth. Mm. And we talk a lot about work-life balance, but you know, looking at those three components, high pressure jobs, financial difficulties, and challenging relationships. Um, When you go home, the pressure of your job or your financial difficulties or challenging relationships, whether they're personal or at work, they that doesn't leave you. And then when you go to work, your financial difficulties and your challenges with relationships don't leave you. So really, it's this entrenched you know, mental state of rumination that I think is what's tanking people. 
Yeah, and I like I want to um, just briefly uh, talk about what you said about the work life balance. Uh, and, and, you know, I've experienced both being an employee at treatment centers for many years, uh, also working in nonprofit. Uh, I've experienced burnout there. And then also uh, most of my, my adult life um, working on my own from home. And yeah, I don't I don't I don't think there is a work life balance. I think when you um, get obsessed in building something, it, it, it in order to actually make a dent in order to be, uh, I guess, successful, uh, you, you have to kind of, you know, immerse yourself into it. Yes. And, and I think that kind of what I'm seeing and, and this is really coming to me full circle in a beautiful way is that we're, we're starting to talk to a lot of different business owners outside of our own org about, you know, what their employees need, where their pain points are, and try to figure out how to use coaching to actually, help people. And it's the way that we approach work. That's the problem. It's not the work. Mm, right. Right. Yeah. So describe, go deeper on that. What do you mean the way that we approach work versus the work itself? Yeah. So going, drilling down really narrowly on work and burnout. Burnout results from chronic stress at work. And it it has a lot to do with your overall well-being and mental health. And um, it leads to job dissatisfaction, absenteeism, disability pension, um, lost job resources, lost institutional knowledge. And people are largely miserable globally. Mm -hmm. we're, we're facing an epidemic levels of um, isolation, loneliness, stress, job dissatisfaction, relational stress, you know, the whole nine yards. So it's the environment themselves that are creating this situation where there's so much fear that's palpable with folks. Like, what if I lose my job? What if I speak up about my stresses? What if I am really having difficulties with parenting or managing my finances or I'm looking for housing and I don't know how to do it? That's all going to come with the person to the job site. And so creating different kinds of environments in the workspace that's based on this assumption of a whole person that you get to have bad days and you can voice that you're feeling stressed and that you need to take a break. Just injecting those two simple measures into the workplace with compassion would be a game changer. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I remember at one of the, the lowest points in my career as a therapist, I was working at a uh, privately owned treatment center and um, it was so strictly run uh, uh, with by fear the one of the things that you had to do if you had to, if you wanted to go to the bathroom you actually had to sign out put your name um, write down when you're going to the bathroom and then after going to the bathroom you had to sign back in and, and write when you came back and I remember at that moment it was a, a new thing they 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 incorporated I was like okay this is this is like this is the straw that broke the camel's back for me and this is a uh, this is just toxic. Like the environment was so rigid. Um, I, I, I just, I burned out very fast. And then I remember that I got a, uh, the opportunity to tour uh, Google in Los Angeles. And I remember walking through and I mean, they got sleeping stations. There's people doing laundry. All their dogs are there. All the food's free. And I was like, holy shit, this is amazing. Yeah. So let's talk about that. You know, 
at Google, it seems like they're valuing their very um, talented, very high worth employees um, as whole people and trying to create environments where people can live at work and live outside of work. Yes, um, they they deleted the line from work from work in and in, in play. So meaning their work can be their life and their life can be their work. And by creating that environment, you know, allowing the employees to, to bring laundry or to have croissants for free and bring their dogs. Um, man, the quality, that's why no one leaves the quality of life, <laughs> you know, at that company is supposedly amazing. And it's like, um, it's, it's basically the old versus the new. It is. And, you know, I think a lot of it stemmed Google put out a landmark study several years ago about what makes good managers. And let's be honest, you know, most of the time people leave jobs because of bad managers, because there's an individual who's making their life miserable. Um, and the number one thing that the study found is that good managers care about their employees' whole lives. They care about their goals, they care about their families, they care about what's going on for them. And that makes the difference between an employee that will stay mm -hmm. and an employee that will go. Well, not only stay, but go above and beyond. Mm. Go above and beyond in many ways. Yeah, yeah. In many ways. And I think, you know, in this world of emerging gig economies and automation and seeing humans as basically disposable, what companies are losing is their integrity, their humanity, and right. the value of institutional knowledge. Yep. Yep. And I, um, I mean, I, I actually love because, you know, I'm old enough where I could kind of see uh, I've lived through both generations, you know, my parents and their worth ethic, and even the people that own that treatment center, um, uh, they were from a different uh, culture. Uh, so I, I kind of have my foot, I had my foot in the old and then also now the new. And I think the good news is that there is change, that companies are being run differently. There are different environments being created in the workspace. Um, all of that I'm getting, uh, you know, the privilege to see in my lifetime. And I think that's a, that's a good thing. Absolutely. So, you know, coming at this from a couple different perspectives is we know that that burnout is happening across the board. We know that lots of different populations are really susceptible to heart disease. Here's a really staggering statistic. So black women are dying at disproportionate um, levels than everybody else in the US due to heart disease. So an entire football field of black women passes away with regularity. Heart disease, can be directly linked to this level of burnout. And, you know, we're not looking at it from a social stratification perspective. We're not looking at it from, you know, a, a cultural perspective. We're, we're looking at it specifically from a health perspective. And I think there's this idea of like, oh, let's just infuse some fluffy wellness in there, like do yoga, everyone. No. <laughs> No, we need to completely upend the way that society views capital over humans if we're yeah. going to change anything. Yeah, and and of course that's going to be a long, uh, a long journey. Hey man, I'm digging in for the fight yeah. every day. I suit up. I mean, just because of capitalism and all that. So let me ask you this: What um, if someone is going through burnout or you know feeling that way? Uh, what are some things that they sh they can do? 
So this was really eye-opening for me um, because as I was as I was looking at this, I, I was turning the lens on myself. I have a high-pressure job. I, of course, experience financial difficulties just like everyone else, and I have many challenging relationships in my life. Um, and I was thinking, you know, what can I do? And I was really reflecting on how I lose um, – concentration and follow through to these feelings of helplessness or a perceived lack of control. And so the first thing that I did was um, I called my therapist and I made an appointment with my therapist. Um, the next thing that I did was I queued up a list of topics that I wanted to bring to my coach because the best way to attack this kind of stress is to take action and to get action steps in place and to start hacking away at it in small quantities so it doesn't feel so overwhelming and staggering. And then I talked to our team and said, hey gang, I'm experiencing some chronic stress right now. You know, I need to do things differently in order to alleviate a little bit of this. And honestly, most of the things that are causing the chronic stress are on the personal side of my life. And then in business, in our company at least, we create space for folks to go through those personal things without penalty and then come back stronger to an empathetic environment that values the whole person. Yeah. So, I mean, what I'm hearing uh, is to not do it alone, to ask Don't for support. Yeah, yeah. To give yourself what you need. If you are in a workspace where uh, doing it with other people and getting support is not permitted, meaning that the workspace is structured where you're kind of forced to uh, handle, you know, burnout on your own, then, you know, I think that's where uh, either self-care comes in or it, maybe it's time to look for a different work environment. I mean, not you don't have to change what you do, obviously, but uh, the space that you work at may be toxic. Like, you know, a lot of times we're in relationships that are toxic. It may be. And, you know, I would also offer for the concept of getting outside help to check out coaching because a lot of folks turn to therapy and they process their problems and it's really awesome. And as I said, I use a therapist, but when you work with a coach, you start to take action. Yeah. And that yeah. is the part that really, really, really alleviates the stress. Yeah, I, I do think with burnout, um, over processing, it's more about taking action and taking action fast. So coaching, I think actually, in this case would be better. It would be. It would be 100%. And that's why we're working on bringing coaching to lots of different companies. So if you are an HR rep out there and want to chat about how you can alleviate burnout for your most, uh, for your best employees, check us out. Give me a call. Yes. All right, guys. Thank you for listening. And Noel, thank you for the important topic today. Thanks, John. Take care. Take care. John and Noel would like to invite you to a live training and Q&A session happening on September 24th, 2019. They'll be discussing career change, the many, many different ways that you can become a coach or use coach training in your current career, and answering your questions about the $4.2 trillion wellness global economy. That's right, trillion dollar. So head over to journey.co slash career to sign up. 
That's J-R-N-I dot C-O slash career. It's time to get the skills and training you need to make a bigger impact in the world around you. And we'll see you on September 24th. 